Tommy Castor. This is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and 1240 KFH. Good morning, everybody. Sports Daily on a Wednesday, a jam-packed hump day. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Caster, Jad Chambers producing for us. Coming up in the program today, we'll speak with the voice of the Kansas Jayhawks, Brian Haney. Big win in Morgantown, followed by another big contest this week in Houston. We'll get into that. We've got Wichita State Athletic Director Kevin Saul coming in top of the second hour. We'll ask him how the early stages of the new NIL program are looking and look ahead a little bit to what is coming in Shocker Athletics. A lot of other storylines. We want to tell you about a really cool thing we've got going for the Chiefs game tomorrow night. We'll do that as well. Uh, Tommy, good morning. How are you this morning? Hey, I'm good, Jacob. I'm just happy that I finally had a parlay hit betting last night. Yeah. Like I've been doing this, obviously, for a couple of weeks. I know you and I both had parlays hit. I think that's my very first one. I'm, I'm super stoked about that. Yeah, I had like a... So yesterday on the program, I said, I'm done with baseball. I got to stop betting baseball. And then what did I make it till about one o'clock before I had yeah. something in on the Royals? <laughs> uh, but it was it was, you know, whatever. We we both got one. We both got one with the Royals last night. I hit mine on Bobby. Witt, I needed Bobby Witt Jr. to get a hit. And he, of course, got the opportunity in the ninth inning and delivered for me. Attaway kid. Uh, yeah, it's fun. We're really just trying to, at least for me, it's just trying to navigate and and dabble and learn and understand it as we make our way to football, which again is tomorrow night with the Chiefs. You'll hear that on KNSS, and you'll have an opportunity to hang with Tommy and I uh, that we'll tell you about in just a little bit. Uh, But we got to start with troubling, I think is a fair word, news for Kansas football. Uh, So we all know Nebraska sucks, and we all know they fired their head coach already. What is now happening is we're seeing the coaches that we follow – Lance Leipold and Chris Kleiman rumored for that job potentially. Uh, You know, we'll get into Chris Kleiman as we make our way through and and if that's a potential fit. But for Lance Leipold, I I was wrong when I said, no, he won't be interested in that. Because listen to this from yesterday's press conference with Lance Leipold. Lance, let's get one out of the way and then talk about Houston. I, I just wonder if you've seen and have any reaction to your name coming up on those lists at Nebraska. I'm focused on this football team and getting ready for Houston, but appreciate you asking. Okay. Mm. Oh, no. Mm. I don't like it. We know what that means. How many times have we been through this? And when there's not a flat denial or even a little anger coming from the head coach, that means they're interested. Lance Leipold's totally interested in this job. Yeah, he is. I don't like it. I don't like that response. I I try to put myself in Leipold's shoes a little bit. Like if I were him, how do I navigate that? I mean, that's difficult. You're, I mean, barely you're two games into the season. That's it. And uh, you're being asked about a future job and, and you, you have played one conference game and uh, that's it. You know, this season you're in the middle of a rebuild. I mean, I, I try to put myself in his shoes 
to think, you know, what would I say in that situation? But it's no secret, Jacob, that Leipold has ties and connections to Nebraska. He coached under Frank Solik for a couple of seasons, and he has coached elsewhere in the state. His wife is from Omaha. They absolutely have connections to Nebraska. So, yeah, I, I mean, I've, I've been saying it for a while. I think you've been you, – you scoffed at me a couple different times when I brought it up. Uh, I was wrong. He's absolutely interested in Nebraska. Now, I was wrong in his level of interest. I don't think I'm wrong in thinking that it would be a massive mistake for him to do it. Um, I, I, I just, I am very surprised because we know we've we've heard coaches in these situations before. If they're not interested, they will flat say, "I am not interested in that job. I'm the coach at Kansas." Like, that's where I love being. That's where I'm going to stay. When they are interested, they say things like, I'm focused on Houston and this football team. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what happens. We've seen it a thousand times. Um, There are lots of reports and rumors and all that stuff that, yes, there's interest. There's There's a lot of layers to this, but this is the top layer, and the top layer sucks for Jayhawk fans because it appears to me, anyway, that there is interest here, and that's not good. I don't think Lance Leipold would be Nebraska's first choice. But I think that they're going to get denied by a lot of people. And he may end up their best choice, and that's trouble. They fired their coach so early in the season, I don't know what that means for this year. I mean, if they come, you know, if they strike out with two or three guys and they come to Leipold and say, we'll double your salary, come over here, does that mean he, like, has to come right now? And and. and so no. I, th- it's, it sucks for this week. It's not good. It's a distraction like all of it. This is no good. And I cannot believe he'd be interested in this job because for a 58-year-old head coach who won six national titles in eight years in Division Three, got his opportunity in Buffalo, took another six years to rebuild Buffalo, finally gets an opportunity in the Power Five and has Kansas on the right path, at 58 years old, You've been at this a long time. Do you really want to go into another dumpster fire and perhaps an even more difficult situation than Kansas because Nebraska isn't willing to give a coach enough time to have success? And what is their standard of excellence? They fired some coaches who were winning games. Bo Pelini? So is 8-9 wins not going to be enough at Nebraska? You're in Can- You're at Kansas. You win five games a year. They might build a statue for you right now. <laughs> For real. Uh, I, yeah. Like, I, I don't was understand to, why a 58-year-old coach would have interest in that job. I was ready to build a statue for, for Lance Leipold uh, yesterday uh, after the, the West Virginia game. Uh, and that, I think that's the biggest thing that, for me, I look at, and I, I agree with you. Both jobs are rebuilds. It's just rebuilding in different situations. At Kansas, the bar has been set so low for so long that you have even a little bit of success. You have a little bit of forward momentum and progress. And I've always said this, Jacob, and I've been a, a Kansas football fan for a long time. And I think a lot of Jayhawk fans, and if there are any that are listening and agree with me, you know, call in, let me know, because I think that I speak for a lot of Jayhawk fans in football when I say that really we're not asking for a lot. We don't ask for a lot. We don't ask yeah, I, the, Kansas that year in the Orange Bowl. That was an anomaly and that was fantastic. That's not the expectation. That's not the bar, right? The bar is to be, I don't know, bowl eligible, win six or seven games 
a year. Like that's kind of, you know, consistently being competitive in the big 12. Like that's all we ask for at Nebraska. It's a completely different level of expectations. It's unrealistic expectations. And so both are rebuilds, but you've got a rebuild under a microscope at Nebraska where you don't at Kansas. So I think those are, you know, a couple different things that he'll need to look at when he's considering whether or not he wants to do this if he ends up being Trev Albert's choice. I, where where do you have a chance? See, here's the other part of this, and, and Nebraska fans don't want to hear this, but it's the reality of this. Nebraska is not a good job. It's a good job in the sense that it's in the Big Ten. It's a good job in the sense that their facilities are good and the history is good. But the reality is, and this now applies to Chris Kleiman too, the chances of winning at Nebraska, in my opinion, are not any higher than they are winning at Kansas State or Kansas. You're not, they're not going to pull a higher-level recruit to Nebraska than Chris Kleiman is currently pulling to Kansas State and Lance Leipold, if things continue to go well, will continue to be will begin to be able to pull at Kansas. the 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 talent pool for all three of those schools is essentially the same talent pool. So, with that piece of it going into the Big Ten, with that, which is you know at its top end, a higher level of football than the Big 12 has been. At the very top end, when you think of Michigan and Ohio State's success over the last few years, especially when you think of the future of the Big 12. Obviously, Oklahoma's been right in that mix. But as we look forward with the Big 12, it doesn't appear that there's going to be an Ohio State, a Michigan, that are going to be in it every single year. And maybe, you know, there was a time very recently that Michigan State was in that picture— Whatever, we can debate the the Big 12 versus the Big 10 another day, but at the baseline, the Big 10 will be a tougher place to win. So you're you're going there, and you're going to have the opportunities at basically the same players with a with a totally unreasonable expectation of winning, knowing these things. Like they they want winning at Nebraska like they're seeing at Ohio State or Michigan. And I got a really tough reality check for Nebraska fans. Like, that ain't going to happen. Okay? It's not going to happen. The only chance it has it happening is if they go find – I don't I don't want to use Urban Meyer as an example, but Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer was such a dumpster fire in the NFL. But, you know, that kind of name that has had that kind of success that can then – that can bring in that level of recruit – but it's going to take you know you're going to have to go find a young coordinator that can build this thing up over time like if you want Nebraska to return to that level it's going to be a long process and Lance Leipold's not the right fit for that anyway because he's 58 years old even if he gets it turned around how many years can he coach and maybe he coaches till he's 80 i don't know that's not but my point is it's not a good enough job to me to have to start over if you're Either of those guys. The one thing that Nebraska will do, especially with its new TV rights deal, is they'll pay a ton of money to somebody. Mm-hmm. And that's the elephant in the room that's hard to ever like get a good grasp of how important that is to somebody. Yeah, and, and don't make any mistake about it. If, if Lance Leipold goes to Nebraska, I think there is 
I think it's a slam dunk decision for Leipold to take Andy Kotelnicki, the offensive coordinator, with him. I mean, you know, look at what the Kansas offense right. has done over the first two games, the points they've put up, the yards they've put up. Kotelnicki has instilled a, 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 a culture there already offensively and a scheme there that's working really well to start off the season for the Jayhawks. And so he's a young coordinator. He's been with Leipold. Uh, he was with them at Buffalo, now with them at Kansas, and I'm sure that he would probably go there too. But I also have to look at the the position of Nebraska and and I think that Nebraska would be absolutely intelligent to hire Lance Leipold like that's a slam dunk hire uh, I think it's going to be you know a, a difficult sell right now to the fan base I mean they're clamoring for a big name like an Urban Meyer or Matt Campbell Mark Stoops Bill O'Brien I've heard those names coming up you know time in and time out. Right now, and we've talked about this before on this program, Lance Leipold is not a big enough name, even with his you know, ties, even with what he's games. doing at Kansas. Right. It, it, it's, that's not going to win over the fan base. However, I think it's the smartest hire out of all of these potential candidates. So that's what Trev Alberts – I think it is. Is it a smart hire? Because how, how much time are they willing to give him? That's the question. That That's why I don't know if it's the right thing. If they were willing to hire Lance Leipold and say, you have five years to rebuild this program, okay. But you know how this goes. Are they really going to be able to be that patient? At Kansas and Kansas State, they can be that patient because the fan base is more reasonable. A fan base at Kansas State wants a competitive team that every handful of years will compete for a Big 12 title, Right. The fan base at Nebraska thinks it's 1998 and they should be competing for a national title every year. So that's why, you know, I I don't know if they'll be able to give somebody like Leipold the time he would need to turn it around. Yeah, I just, I don't know. Based on that presser yesterday, I don't like it. Well, he's interested. I I got a bad feeling (laughs) in my gut. We'll talk to Brian Haney about this, and I don't know if Brian will be able to talk about this or not. We'll ask him. When we come back, and he may have to deflect. He works for the school. That's totally fine. But we'll see if he has a thought on this after that yesterday. Uh, That's where we head next. And we'll certainly talk about the Jayhawk program as it currently stands. Because as it currently stands, man, feels good. Felt good until yesterday about, uh, I don't know, 11 o'clock. Felt great to be a Jayhawk football fan. Now it's it's unease. I can't tell you how many people yesterday were like, "Uh, dude, what the hell was that? I'm like, man, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, We'll come back. We'll talk to the voice of the Jayhawks, Brian Haney, when Sports Daily returns. And it is that time each and every Tuesday this fall and for a while as we go from football to basketball down the road. Brian Haney. Brian, it has been a while since we've had you on Sports Daily, and it hasn't been like, yeah, we got to talk about football, but let's look ahead to basketball. No, it is football season now, and that feels good in Lawrence for the first time in a while. <laughs> yeah, it feels great, no doubt, guys. Thanks for having me on. And uh, to think about you know how far this program has come, even in just you know the last eight or nine months, going back to the end of last year and backing up the, the huge win in Austin with some great performances to close out November, but then taking that momentum on the recruiting trail, wheeling in a top 25 transfer portal class, 
continuing to establish the culture and, and, and build what Lance was trying to do brick by brick here and then see the instant dividends paid on that to start this season. Who knows where we go from here, but it, it just seems like in all facets of this program, everything is pointed upward right now. And the genuine belief inside that locker room that they can hang with anybody on any given week. And even though they, they may still be underdogs, you know, all, all weeks, but one, and who knows, it might be a pick for the Duke game. You never know. They, they believe they can line up and play across from anybody. And, you know, I was at a event on Sunday night with Bill Self and uh, he was speaking to our entire athletic department. And, and he said essentially that he's like, you know, it's, it's been such a great job done in a short amount of time by Lance that right now he's like, you guys pointing at the football players should feel like you could beat anybody on your schedule. He didn't say anybody in America. He said anybody on your schedule. And, and that's, that's the truth, man. I think they feel that every week. And um, obviously you got to go to Norman this year. And there's a few, you know, circled calendar dates that look more daunting than others, but from the play-by-play guy's perspective, to feel like you genuinely have a chance every single week and you're not just, you know, heading in to take your medicine and trying to keep it interesting in the third and fourth quarters, it's a completely different perspective and a new lease on life. Uh, everything feels good, Brian, and then we got to ask you about yesterday. Uh, Lance Leipold, all this momentum, has been a name that's rumored at Nebraska. We could see it coming, but it didn't feel like a definitive no there. Um, your affiliation with the team, we understand. So take this question with a grain of salt. But what what was your take on that answer in this situation now as a potential distraction for this team? I don't think that it's um, it, it fueled uh, even more distraction. The fact that he didn't come out and flatly shoot it down. Um, you know, I I think inside the, the circles of the Kansas football offices, we know what a great thing uh, we have in, in Lance Leipold and Travis Goff, you know, tried to you know, make every effort in the preseason with an additional year on the contract extension. The buyout's only 5 million though. We've seen Nebraska walk away from seven and a half million. They could have had by just waiting until next month to, to let go of their previous coach, Scott Frost. So, you know, the, the buyout isn't daunting, but I, I think this, I, I think that, Kansas will do whatever it takes, you know, to, to keep the arrow pointed upward with Lance Leipold and keep building upon what he started here. Um, and, and I'm sure those conversations are already being had, but we also can't get ahead of ourselves and assume just because a couple of articles had him as a you know potential candidate that he's, you know, zeroed in number one for Nebraska. I think that the timing of the, the firing probably lends itself to Nebraska taking some pretty big swings. Um, and, and in the case of coach Leipold, you know, his candidacy may be very real. He's a very attractive coach with ties to the program, but, um, you know, I, I think it becomes more and more real if Kansas keeps winning in the weeks ahead. In the meantime, you know, Travis Goff is, is obviously a proactive guy. So he's going to do all he can to continue to make this, um, as attractive of a fit for coach Leipold as possible. It just would really surprise me to see him coach Leipold jump ship this early uh, in, in something that, um, you know, was, was meant to be at the time he took the job, the final chapter in his career, he saw this as, you know, what would kind of be his, his greatest work in terms of taking a program that was down and out and restoring it to perennial you know, contending for bowl game type status. And while certainly Nebraska, given the ties to the area and all that would be uh, of, of interest where you'd have to stop and take a look 
Um, I, I don't know that he's ready, you know, to, to make that jump and give up on something that his heart and, and so much of blood, sweat, and tears have been poured into already here at Kansas. And, and this, in a lot of ways, is a kind of ideal fit for him at Kansas. You know, he still treats people uh, and, and approaches the day-to-day many times like a guy that's, that's uh, you know, just grateful to be at a Power 5-level school with some of the more enhanced facilities that he's had at any other point in his career. And um, while I'm sure he would love the, the payroll and the, the facilities of Nebraska and all that, um, you know, this has been a nice jump. And, and I think in, in the development of, of his professional life, you know, he's, he's right where he wants to be, quite frankly, uh, growing this thing into a winner. And so long as he feels like he's going to get the resources he needs, including you know, the stadium upgrades and, and, and being able to pay his assistance and all that at Kansas, I genuinely believe this is where he wants to be. Um, so I know I'm talking in circles here. and I'm trying to, you know, give you something because it is a, a, a difficult topic, no doubt. Uh, I just I, I'm not personally at this juncture uh, losing a whole lot of sleep on it. Our focus is this season. That's his focus. Um, and, and I think that Nebraska has a focus that includes a lot of other names, too. Uh, just because Bruce Feldman's article led with Lance Leipold doesn't mean that that's who's on Trev Albert's number one short list. And that's not, no disrespect to Coach Leipold by any means. I, I think he's one of the best coaches uh, of any you know, up-and-coming coach in college football. But um, I, I think that you know, Kansas fans at this point should take a deep breath, breath know that we've got an AD that – has already, you know, made overtures to Lance to let him know how valued he is here and will continue to do so. And if they have to up the ante, they probably will. Uh, but but I'll end it by saying this. Um, if, if, you know, Jacob, if, if uh, I don't know, if, if CBS called and, and your, your heart was really in Wichita and, uh, you know, you're a talented guy and, and sure, you know, that, that's an interesting opportunity but your family's here, your wife's here, your kids are here. You love doing Sports Daily on KFH. And the lifestyle change is probably not the most ideal fit. So really you want to be in Wichita. But there's, you know, flirtation going on. Wouldn't it behoove you to, to at least, uh, without fueling rumors by saying you're interested, but not completely flatly shoot it down, wouldn't that behoove you a little bit to make sure Tony Dusing gives you a raise in the KFH offices? You know totally. Um, <laughs> totally. Listen so, up, Tony. So, I know he's listening right now. Tony, maybe, listen to what Brian Haney's saying. Uh, it is, I think play. it, I, Brian, I think it's absolutely what was at play, and that's why we ask. You know, if we, we know how, you know, coach speak goes. A flat denial is when you know they're not interested. Anything other than that means historically in college football or college athletics that you are, in fact, interested. So, you know, I didn't th- when when the rumors started, I was like, I don't for the same reasons that you described there to us so eloquently. I didn't think there would be interest because a 58 year old head coach who's already been through so many rebuild rebuilds appears to have another one on the way in a place where the time will be given and the expectation is far more realistic than it is at Nebraska. But then yesterday I heard the question and answer and yeah, of course I, I you, this, the scenario you laid out for me. Yeah, I would, that's how I would have to answer it if I was interested, which means that, you know, for me, Lance Leipold is clearly interested at this point. I, and, and I think he's intrigued, uh, if anything. Okay. And I haven't spoken to him about it at all. 
but I think he's more interested in staying at Kansas and making sure he gets what everything he wants at Kansas. So I think right now he probably Man, I has hope so. heading into the year everything he could have wanted. But as he continues to win games and this program continues to point upward, then I think that, that yeah, you know, that there'll probably be additional um, assurances given with stadium and, and resources for coaches and all that. Uh, I don't want to, you know, speak it for, for Travis here, Travis Goff, our AD, but I know he knows that the, the better we get, it's a nice problem to have, you know, the more that Kansas needs to invest in, in Lance and his guys and his program. And they're already investing a lot. And, again, we point to the extension, uh, you know, that happened and, and, you know, the additional buyout that happened right before the start of the season. But, but yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if, if those numbers get reworked again if they keep climbing. But, uh, again, that's for Travis to answer, not me. And I would just say that Lance's focus is, um, you know, as, as exclusively as it can be on this football team right now. That's the type of guy he is. And he, he's just a, a lock-in, week-in, week-out, get your guys ready. Uh, you know, has he seen the articles? Yes. Has, has he, you know, probably wondered out loud to his family, wow, that's kind of wild to see our name there. Sure, I'm sure he has. But, I really believe he's committed to Kansas at least through this season and uh, obviously contractually through five more. But I, I think between an AD that brought him here and has had a lock and step great relationship with him where they're just stride for stride on everything, there's a lot of value in being a play, in a place where you are beloved, supported, and, and working stride for stride with the AD that hired you. Uh, especially at this stage in his career, I just I think this is an ideal fit for him, and uh, you know to, to leave all that for great pressure and uncertainty and, and a lot quicker timetable to turn things around and all that. I don't know if that would be um, you know his his favorite thing, but if you're expecting to hear me ask it on Hawk Talk tonight, we won't touch it with a ten foot pole. Uh, but that's why I try to give you a little bit now since you asked two questions on it, but that's probably all we should say at this juncture. But I, I would say this for any Kansas fans that are nervous about it. Uh, feel good that we've got a coach that other people might be interested in, but I think he's just as interested in what he's building here and more interested in anything that, than continuing to put, than, you know, continue to put his stamp on this program. And I really think that's what's going to keep happening here. I think Lance Leipold is our coach, um, you know, into the next five years. I really do. Well, I'll be the buzzkill to actually bring us back to football uh, Brian, you know, watching that game, watching that game uh, on Saturday against West Virginia. Obviously, the the Jayhawks right now through two weeks of football, one of the leading offenses in America. And I mentioned it to, to Jacob on the program yesterday. Some of the the passes that we saw from Jalen Daniels, I haven't seen a quarterback at Kansas be able to pull off since Todd Reesing. And you know, he's a he's a special athlete. The way that this offense is is rolling, both with Jalen Daniels' arm and on the ground with J.D., with Daniel Highshaw, Devin Neal. Uh, really, the, the playmakers seem to be there for Kansas. The skill players are, are in place. What are you seeing, and, and what, how does this continue on as we get into a game against Houston this weekend and then you know further into the season? Well, to me, the fascinating thing to watch, Tommy, is that you've got a, an offensive coordinator with as much creativity as we've seen as long as I can remember. And he's been blessed with a quarterback who's not only physically gifted to execute all these things, 
but but his football IQ and his ability to grasp some pretty complex schemes and, and, and a lot of responsibility. I think about some of these formations when he's got three running backs around him and it could be an option pitch and, and he knows what direction he's going before he snaps it, but he could hang on to it. He could flip it to a number of guys. He could read option and, 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 and decide to throw the ball. I mean, it, there, there's so many reads and quick decisions that have to be made um, to where Jalen Daniels' mastery of what Andy Kotelnicki is trying to do to me is almost as impressive as the scheme itself. And the scheme itself is is something to, to sit back and behold. If you're just a casual fan, maybe you're not a Kansas fan, but you're listening and, and you're like, you know, I want to see what these 2-0 Jayhawks are all about. Look at how many pre-snap looks they're giving the defense to be mindful of with these different formations and how many times did they they wait until the last second to sprint up to the line and then snap it not showing them anything while other times they, they would they would be motioning guys back and forth all over the place and then you had misdirection and i mean it, and and this is just the tip of the iceberg i think quite frankly so the cat and mouse game that i think we're setting ourselves up for guys is how much can the rest of the league now that kansas has stuff out on film out there uh, prepare and game plan and catch up to what these Jayhawks are trying to do. And then how much can Andy Kotelnicki, the offensive coordinator, stay a few plays ahead with additional wrinkles each week they haven't seen? Because he's clearly got a quarterback who's not only physically but, but football mentally able to handle everything they're throwing at him. And, and he's got playmakers around this guy that's – I mean, we've talked about the running back depth, but, man, to see – Devin Neal had five touchdowns in his first 13 touches on the season the other day, going back to, you know, halfway through the West Virginia game and all of week one. High shock, two more touchdowns. He's got three in the first couple of weeks. And the transfers from Minnesota and Nebraska really haven't even gotten going yet in Sevion and Kai. But, uh, but they're, you know, right there in the stable of horses with Tory Lachlan as well. And, and the fact that receiver was a perceived um, weakness in terms of depth to start the year – becomes less and less a factor because we've seen guys like Quentin Skinner emerge greater than they've, they've, you know, previously been Tanaka Scott, I think is the guy that's ready to break out. You just haven't seen it yet. He was suspended in week one. And so you add in a tight end group. that's very deep. And Andy Kotelnicki has used the pieces that they had in the ways that accentuate their strengths the most. And in an offense that doesn't have, you know, a covered stocks full of a ton of receivers, well, they're putting the emphasis on QB run, misdirection with multiple running back looks, utilizing the tight ends for blocking and, and short passes. I mean, he's doing what every OC should do. Take what you have, accentuate your strengths, uh, kind of hide your weaknesses, but be creative, be multiple, never let it get vanilla or predictable. And, and I love it because the, the scheme is working. The quarterback that's, that's pulling the trigger on this is, you know, stride for stride with his OC. And I said that on the post game the other night. There are a lot of guys you could throw accolades and attaboys to, but I said I'm walking out of here probably most impressed with two individuals. One's Jalen Daniels, and the other is Andy Kotelnicki, and, and hopefully they continue it. But uh, it is kind of nice two weeks in, and it won't stay that way forever. But, uh, but two weeks in to say we're the number one scoring team in the country, that feels pretty good because just to be real, uh, you know, we've had eight touchdowns in each of these first two games, and some of my first six years on the call, we might have had a month go by without eight touchdowns total. <laughs> so to see the way these guys are – and that's not me being funny. That's me being serious. Uh, to, sure. to see the way these guys have it rocking and rolling, uh, it's, it's been a ton of fun, and, and they're going to need to keep it coming because obviously you're 10-point dogs at Houston this week, and the schedule just keeps getting tougher and tougher from that. 
Talking to Brian Haney, voice of the Jayhawks here on Sports Daily. And, and Brian, I, I'd love to get your insight on this. As a fan watching the game on Saturday, I, I had this, this feeling over me that I haven't had in a long time with Kansas football where, you know, in years past, there have always been games, even in the Big 12. We've seen it recently where the Jayhawks have played well in the first half against a Big 12 opponent or even into the second half. And there was always this thought that, you know, hey, there's just there's not the depth. You know, there aren't the dogs to be able to carry it on for four straight quarters. And I I never felt that in this game against West Virginia, even when they got down by two touchdowns early. There's there was just a a different feeling where, you know, the, the, the team is there. The guys are there. They're in place. They're able to absorb the body blows and come right back. And that's got to be, you know, that, that's got to be part of the culture that Lance Leipold is building in Lawrence. What are you seeing with that? And, and how do you feel? Did you feel that way also during that game against West Virginia? Yeah, I completely agree. That's a great observation. And, you know, it probably shows up the most um, defensively on the D line where they just kept rotating guys in and, and you're, you're fresher than you've previously been and you can withstand some injuries, but, but also, you know, we talked about running back depth and having to just keep coming at you in waves at that position too. And the O-line depth is better now. Earl Bostic, who's the anchor of our line at left tackle, he had to play through an injury the other night and, and only missed a couple of snaps, but you've now got two guys um, in, in that O-line rotation with some positional versatility that you can plug in, you know, should you have attrition there. And so, you know, football is the, the consummate team sport. It's the ultimate sport where depth is tested each and every year. And your point's a really good one in that, you know, Kansas it, during a decade of struggles has at times had some individual players at certain spots that could play for anybody in the league. But if they were to go down or if Puka Williams were to get nicked up and suddenly he's running 10% slower, it gets average real fast. And, and now you've got the type of depth that a lot of these key positions where if, if a guy gets dinged or if for whatever reason, you know, he's fatigued, whatever, you know, you've got the ability to not let that do you in. You know, we were worried about the potential targeting call on Kenny Logan, who had 10 tackles, his seventh career double-digit tackle game the other day. And it ultimately was not rule targeting. Would have been a really costly blow because it would have cost him the rest of that game and the first half of this next one. Thankfully, it wasn't targeting. But I reference that to say, had it been, all hope would not have been lost because, you know, they went out and added veteran secondary players, you know, from multiple Big Ten schools that, that could step in and, and, and be immediate, you know, fill-in type guys at that spot. So that, to me, is, is a huge um, pay dividend on the transfer portal class that they had with 21 total transfers, not just, you know, the, we quoted the 14 uh, major conference guys, but 21 total, and, and so many of them have contributed to that depth factor that just makes Kansas a much more formidable and competitive team in a sport where you absolutely have to have it. Speaking with Brian Haney, voice of the Jayhawks, always appreciate his time. And as we look ahead now, as we wrap up this week's conversation to Houston, two games in a row for Kansas will be on national television. The spotlight grows. Houston coming off of a loss to Texas Tech, uh, but a really good team, a future Big 12 foe. Uh, Brian, at a bird's eye look, what do we need to be looking at with the Cougars this weekend? Well, there's a lot to be respectful of with this team, starting with their quarterback, who was a two-time KU football commit 
and ultimately winds up at Houston, and he's had an outstanding career at Clayton Tune, and he's got a great receiver, a kid by the name of Dell, that, that he goes to early and often, had seven catches for a buck 20 the other day. He's also dynamic in the return game, but that that's probably the, the tandem I'm most concerned about. Clayton Tune dropping back and looking for Nathaniel Dell. They run it well as well. They've got a couple of running backs, uh, including Henry, who's really good at catching out of the backfield. Brandon Campbell's a USC transfer. Um, and, and this is a club that, you know, could easily be 2-0 and right now. They've had five overtimes in their first two weeks, three, three in the first week versus UTSA, and you know, Tune makes an amazing uh, – extra effort QB keep dive uh, on the goal line to basically win them that game. And then they come up short in Lubbock, but darn near, you know, won a big 12 road game there. So I'm impressed with these guys. Uh, I think that, you know, they're faster defensively at a lot of spots than West Virginia was. They maybe aren't quite as big. They, they do it differently, but um, they've got some athletes for sure. And, and they've got speed at all positions that could be a problem in this one. But I love our Jayhawks game plan. I was out of practice yesterday, and they were piping in crowd noise, uh, you know, probably louder than they needed to, to, to simulate what they expect will be a, a raucous home opener for these guys. It's only a 40,000-seat stadium, but, but this is – you know, this is a time for this program at Houston to really take flight and Dana Holgerson's fourth year as they are in their final year in the American Athletic Conference and uh, getting set to join the Big 12 next year. And so this this is going to be a great atmosphere, I think, on Saturday afternoon. Kansas will be ready for it. And I expect another one of those back-and-forth battles. And, you know, as a team that just won in overtime and you're facing a team that's played in overtime the first two weeks, I think these clubs are evenly matched. And who knows, the, the Cougars may find themselves in a third straight week of going to an extra session. Looks like it's going to be a really good game. All right, Brian, uh, the game kicks at 3. You'll hear it on KFH pregame. Plenty of time before that. You've got Brian tonight at 6 o'clock. Hawk Talk with Lance Leipold. We'll, uh, we'll defer to our conversation here. We'll get that online for everybody because, as Brian said, uh, that's probably not going to be the time to bring up the Nebraska rumors. We'll get that audio out for everybody to take a listen to Brian's thoughts on that. Really appreciate that, Brian, and the candid nature of that conversation uh, we appreciate you being a part of Sports Daily each and every week and the people that help make that happen. Hey, absolutely. Big thanks to the Mattress Hub for making these reports possible each and every week. I sleep great every night with my brand-new purple mattress for the Mattress Hub. I, I tried a couple of different ones, including the Tempur-Pedic, and I settled on the purple, and that speaks to the customer service the Mattress Hub. They want to make sure you get it right and give you 100 nights to try out their top-line mattresses. So uh, they've been great for me, and they'll be great for you as well. Wichita owned and operated at the Mattress Hub and the mattresshub.com. And yeah, just to circle back to your Lance question, I think he and I are going to be doing hot talks on KSH for five years plus. Um, I, I really, and that's not being overly confident or, or anything. I just know how much he loves this place, how much he feels the love at this place. And I, and I have that much faith in our AD to continue to equip him with what he needs to build what he's building here. And so we're excited about that. We're certainly both eyes open on possibilities that exist outside of here, but we love our guy, and I think he happens to love being here too. So we'll see, but uh, that's the best I can give you for today on answering those questions. You guys have a great week, and, and we'll talk soon. Brian Haney, there he goes, voice of the Jayhawks. We'll post this conversation. If you missed the beginning, you can hear Brian's full thoughts on everything to do with those rumors and a look ahead to Houston as well we'll do that some house cleaning when we come back we want to tell you about a cool opportunity we have for the chiefs game tomorrow night 
That's where we head next. Albrock to Caster, Sports Daily on a Wednesday. Welcome back, everybody. Man, that was really good insight on the Lance Leipold rumors. Voice of the Jayhawks, Brian Haney, joins us every week. Always appreciate uh, that he is open and honest with us, and he certainly was. You'll find that audio. We'll get it out to you, push it out on socials in just a little bit. Uh, Tommy, something cool we're going to do tomorrow night. So we've been talking with our partners. So here at Odyssey, which KFH is part of the Odyssey family, we have – a service and as we've gone legal in Kansas with sports betting it's really cool because Odyssey has access to an app and a site called BetQL you've heard the spots our interviews each week with our our experts our betting experts come from the BetQL family well that's a really cool app that you can download and you should because Tommy you and I are going to do something on there tomorrow night with the Chiefs game that'll be a lot of fun. So the best way I can explain this is, do you know, if if you're betting, you're undoubtedly in some sort of a group text with your buddies about what you're betting and how wild XYZ is going and whether you're winning or losing. It's one of the great things about it is how much fun you can have with your friends while you're doing it. Well, we're basically going to do that with people here and across the country during this Chiefs-Chargers game, we're going to get into its chat feature. So if you download the BetQL app, if you look at the bottom right corner, there's a little chat feature, and there will be a room specifically for Chiefs-Chargers, and I, I think it's being called a watch party, and it's hosted by KFH Sports Daily. You'll be able to chat with us, and we'll all just have fun with the game together. We'll put our bets in there and what we're doing, and then we'll all talk about it and have fun with folks all over the country. Tommy, I'm really looking forward to this. This is going to be fun. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun, and we're going to be dropping those bets a couple hours before game time. And then, if there's any, you know, live in-game bets, we'll we'll post those, you know, as well as uh, the game goes on. But what I really like about BetQL is that it's got all this analysis on there, and it's, it, you know, it's giving you, um, you know, great ideas and and thoughts on what you should do, what bets you should consider placing. So I really like that part of it a lot. It compares lines and on different sports books so you get the best value. But yeah, of course, the chat function is going to be a lot of fun. Jacob and I will be in there before the game, throughout the game, chatting, having a good time. Hopefully, everybody's bets hit. That's the that's the goal of the entire yeah, thing. But and, yeah, and we'll have a blast fun. with it. If they don't, we'll make fun of ourselves. I mean, it really, <laughs> like I've gone back and I've looked at some of these and it's your, it's your buddy's group chat that you're yeah. all a part of anyway. Uh, and it's going to be a fun. So download that BetQL app. They give great advice, man. They're four- and five-star bets. I've been tracking it just to kind of keep yeah. tabs on it. They they do a really good job. So if you're into the sports wagering anyway, check out that app because it will be a handy tool uh, to help you identify some values. BetQL, it's a part of our Odyssey family. Uh, we're very excited to have it. You don't place your bets or anything with it. It's just a tool to help you bet with the sites where you can do that download it join us tomorrow in that chat room chiefs chargers we are really looking forward to that 
and, uh, and, and we may have other opportunities to do some other games with folks across the country. And we'll, of course, let people know about those as we go through the early processes of making this thing happen. So check it out. Looking forward to it. We're going to turn the page. Hour number two, Wichita State Athletic Director Kevin Saul joins us. We want to get all caught up on the early stages of the Shocker NIL opportunities and how that's going. We'll do that next. Sports Daily, hour number two. Happy hump day, everybody. We'll be right back.